Pack them fast. Welcome to another episode of Niners Explain. This is a draft episode, and I am joined by Ted Gwynn. Ted, what's going on, man? That's much. Just, you know, getting ready for this wild draft, reading these reports of uh, these GMs failing in the mock draft and excited for some um, some mess ups. <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's coming. <laughs> Ted, did you yep. watch the did you watch the MJ document yesterday on Sunday? I, you know, I watched the first hour and I didn't know that they were going to play two episodes in a row. So I missed the second hour, but I'm going to watch the replay today if they have one. The, the one of the best parts to me just was all the suits just how it seemed like the suits <laughs> kept getting bigger and bigger by the year that was so hilarious to me yeah um, yeah you're gonna can love you that imagine, yeah can you imagine how much material they they use on those suits back in the day for these giant nba players right man these guys are six seven six eight and just just so much i would all of their tailors and stylists should be fired that is <laughs> We could go back in time and do that. Okay, but we are talking about the NFL draft, and obviously the 49ers have two first-round picks. It will be a great draft. It, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. And as Ted mentioned, there are going to be some blunders and hiccups, and oh, man, can I not wait. So let's let's start out with talking about uh, the 49ers team needs because, you know, everybody, everybody has nailed down the 49ers team needs. But I don't know if we've really talked about, you know, the different types of order, I guess, putting ranking the positions in order. So in your world, first of all, Ted, let's let's give you a proper introduction. What do you do for a living? Um, I'm a staff writer for the athletics. So I, I write about the entire NFL for the athletic. But I do specialize in uh, with the Raiders and Niners, who I started covering first. And I do a podcast, State of the Nation, about the Raiders and um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. That's my life. Just watching film and, uh, typing about it. <laughs> Just typing about it. I love that. Okay. So let's, let's get back to, so Ted, Ted is very familiar with the 49ers and he's watched them all year. How, how many years have you been covering the 49ers? Uh, this is my third year covering the Niners. Cool. Cool. And, and obviously this was a lot different than the last two years this past season. So now that the 49ers, you know, they have a Super Bowl roster, some of their team needs. So receiver is an obvious one that everybody loves to talk about just because it's the easiest position to talk about. But the 49ers also have needs along the offensive line. They have a need on the interior line and then at cornerback of those positions. Is there any is there anyone first off that I'm missing? No, I think that that's pretty much. I think the Niners have a very complete team. I mean, obviously they they made the Super Bowl with the uh, pretty much the same roster that's coming back. They are missing some uh, players like Emmanuel Sanders and DeForest Buckner. Um, but I mean, I, I think an underrated need is defensive line because I, I I think that their identity was so ingrained in just having a strong four man pass rush that missing DeForest Buckner is going to be huge. And I don't know if they need a a starter on a defensive line, but I think they need somebody to come in on third down and provide some uh, pass rush value. A hundred percent agree. And we've, I've seen a lot of, quite a few fans just not happy about the idea of the team investing in DeForest Buckner's replacement, especially in the first round. But as you mentioned, man, just with, and with what John Lynch has said, he said he wants to build this team around the defensive line. He said that last year. So he went out and got D Ford and, now, without DeForest Buckner, there is a significant hole inside. And I've seen people say that, you know, defensive tackle is not a, you know, a priority 
And I just could not disagree with that more. And I think it's a matter of the 49ers finding out the right piece. And why I do, I can get behind the argument of not taking a defensive tackle in the, in the first round. I just think that, you know, they, they cannot get out of this draft without getting somebody that can rush the passer from the inside. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, how about what was after, after defensive tackle, how, how high would you rank, I guess, would you put offensive line or wide receiver first? Uh, I, would, I would say wide receiver um, because, you know, we, we saw what kind of impact Emmanuel Sanders made as soon as he got into that lineup. And I, I think it's fair to believe that Debo Samuel is going to take another step up as a wide receiver, uh, you know, in his progression as a wide receiver. And I, I think um, Trent Taylor is very interesting. Liner coaches were really high on him during training camp. He had a really good training camp before he was injured. But can you really depend on him? coming back, being injured two years in a row. Um, so, yeah, I think they need a big play receiver. And, uh, you know, that's why I think a lot of people are connecting them to Henry Ruggs because he fits exactly what they need, a guy that can take the top off of defense. I, I think he does struggle against physical corners, which is a concern of mine. But I also believe that Kyle Shanahan is going to find ways to get him free releases, whether it's motioning him into stacks. They already use a lot of condensed formations, and it's hard to press in condensed formation. Uh, so I'd say, yeah, receiver would be the, the, the second need they need. And that is, so we are going to talk about receivers a little bit down the line here. Were you, did you go to any of the training camps last year? Training camp I practices? Did. I, I was at uh, a lot of the training, I was at most of the training camps last year. So I was there early on. And when I, what I saw from Trent Taylor was that it was pretty clear that Jimmy Garoppolo trusts him mm -hmm. more than I mean, more than anybody at that point, he was going to Taylor on third downs over George Kittle. And obviously that was just practice. But I think there was just kind of a, a built in relationship with those two. So, yeah, if, if they can get Taylor healthy, that would be big. But he's not a big play guy. He's going to he's going to be a receiver that's going to be, mm -hmm. you know, like your intermediate possession type receiver, which is not like there's not a bad thing. But the 49ers do need somebody that you know, can stretch the field and that can win on every level. So I do. I can see why the 49ers would be interested in rugs. I think 13 is just a bit rich for him. But I, I mean, it's it'd be tough to be. Uh, we're talking about one of the best play callers in the NFL. So, I mean, if Shannon gets his hand on any receiver, the odds that they are, he's going to be able to put them in the best situation is very, very high. So um, other than that, so how is cornerback just not that big of a deal, do you think? Or be, because Emmanuel Mosley did play very well, just considering his situation. Killy Witherspoon faded. But, I mean, he's still very talented. And then you have Richard Sherman, obviously all pro. But those contracts are all up after 2020. So the 49ers are going to have to look toward the future. Should the 49ers invest highly in a cornerback this year? Yeah, I think cornerback is a huge need as well. But I, I, I think they'll be okay this season uh, if they don't invest high draft capital in a cornerback. Because, you know, Sherman did play at an all-pro level. Um, and Mosley is okay. And I, I do believe... I still believe in Witherspoon. I think that he can develop into a, a starting quality corner, a, a better than starting quality corner. You just don't find guys that can move like him. And I, I think he did progress this year. You know, I think uh, he, he did have some bad plays and that might've left um, a sour taste in fans, fans mouths, but I did see a progression from him. And I think the hope is that he could take another step this year because he has all the physical talents you want in a cornerback. Uh, so I think they're okay at the cornerback position if they stay put. Obviously, you want to add some more speed uh, and you want to add some depth. 
being, you know, that you're going to have some guys in their final contract next year. Uh, but I don't think it's as pressing as the uh, first two needs we talked about. And I agree, too. And I'm glad you brought that up with Witherspoon because, man, before he was injured, he was playing at like an all pro level. And I'm not just like throwing that around. He was really that playing that well. And he, he lost his confidence and he just started to it seemed like he mm-hmm. just started to second guess everything when the ball was in the air and he started panicking and not playing as fast. But as you said, you will not find five better cornerbacks in the NFL just like that can do what he can do athletically or physically as far as just running and changing directions and leaping. But he has to put it all together. And we saw that a little bit, but it, it's going to be it, it, it will be difficult to imagine him being able to do that you know, more and more. But again, with more reps, with more confidence, that could change. So between him and Mosley, they do have some talented cornerbacks. It's just a matter of after 2020. But I I don't think it would be wise to invest early in the draft in a cornerback, just given the the way the, the draft is shaped out as far as positional value wise. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, other than that, let's go back to the receivers. And obviously, this is going to be the the biggest topic that anybody wants to talk about. But 49ers fans are pretty convinced that if they do not select a receiver at 13, then there there will be no wide receivers available. Is it draft a receiver at 13 or bust? No, I mean, this is the deepest wide receiver class we've seen in a long, long time. And they're, they're the three top guys, but they're even the three top guys. They aren't like Calvin Johnson type prospects, you know, so you you. You have the three top guys, but you also have tons of depth um, in the second, third, you know, even fourth round. You, you might be able to find a starter. Um, guys like Denzel Mims uh, is a big play guy. I, I don't know if the Niners would love Denzel Mims because he, he was so he's so raw, even though at the Senior Bowl he um, he showed he can run a whole route tree, but he still needs development in that area. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan would love that. Uh, but if, if you're looking at big play guys, Rager, um, you could probably get Rager in the third round. Uh, a guy that doesn't talk get talked about much is Hamler from Penn State, who has you know as as much he's not as fast as Rugs, but I, I think he's pretty close. Uh, so if, if you're looking for big play guys, there are definitely guys in the in the third round, fourth round that you could you could get. And I don't believe the Niners have a third round pick this year, though, right? Right. They they do they do not have a second, third, or fourth, which is why we are seeing mm-hmm. you know all these trade back scenarios from pick number 31 but I, those are those are all great names i'm a big big mims fan i am probably an even bigger hamler fan and i know that he can it's messed up that the first thing you say about a receiver is well he might not be able to catch but um, <laughs> honestly man everything else about his game is just he he is going to be good and just the way that the nfl is shaped right now it is hard to imagine him not being just a very good player in the NFL. He might not be like everyone wants to think anybody that's fast has to be like, you know, a, a Tyree kill or like a Deshaun Jackson. They, we don't have to like go to that end of the spectrum. He can just be a really good football player. And, and man, I just, I spent like all weekend watching his touches just to make sure that I'm not crazy, but it's, it's, he's just so good, man. And that's, I guess that's really all that I can say. Is there a receiver that you do feel like outside of the top three best fits the 49ers? Uh, yeah, I think, I think Hamler fits extremely well with, uh, what, what the Niners are looking for. I mean, he, he could do handoffs, he could do those gadget plays as well. So you have two players, um, that, that can do that. And like, like we mentioned, the Niners need a deep speed guy to, to replace what, uh, Marquise Goodwin did for them, uh, when he was playing at his best. And, you know, I think Marquise Goodwin's 
future with the team is questionable. Uh, but when he he was at his best, he you know he he was a really good deep threat for the Niners, running those skinny posts on uh, Yankee, as we know, is you know one of the Niners' base plays. So they they need Yankee that guy. That can, yep, they could run that that deep post. So uh, I, I think Hamler fits well with that. I think Rager fits well with that. Um, I, I just think the Niners are are looking for some more speed. They have guys that can work underneath Trent Taylor, Debo Samuel, uh, but they just need that guy to take the top off the defense. So Kyle Shanahan talked about, I forget when he said this, but he said that he wants his receivers to be like a starting five in a basketball team where you have, mm-hmm. you know, basically complimenting each other. And it, and I, I can see people watching Debo and thinking, oh, Hamler and Regler or Rager are in the same vein. But both of those guys do win down the field. And it's not that Debo can't, but it, you don't really need him to. He's established underneath, and he's like a slant god. So you don't really have to do that. He can run all those over routes, and Hamler and Rieger can really stretch the field. So those are two great names. And obvious, and honestly, it would be tough to find better fits than that. And, and I'm also glad that you brought those two up because a lot of people think that you know the 49ers, they have to get a 6'3 receiver. They have to get a guy that that is big just because in most people's mind if you are not tall you cannot win down the field but as we've seen with those two Rieger and Hamler those two have no issues winning down the field because it's more about separation as opposed to just you know winning with contested catches so um are there any teams that could potentially spoil the 49ers because we we've seen teams for example the Falcons have been very aggressive rumored to move up this uh this week not sure who they are tied to. League spies say that it's probably C.J. Henderson, which would be good news for the 49ers because that's a cornerback off the board and it pushes down another positional player. Uh, Philadelphia is another team that's rumored to be you know, moving up for a receiver, and they supposedly like Henry Ruggs. So we will see how that shakes out. Is there... Is there any team that can possibly spoil the 49ers, or is it is it going to be good news no matter what? Well... You know, there's these rumors that Kansas City wants to trade up for Henry Ruggs as well. I don't know if that's yes, happening. I forgot that. about that. <laughs> but that would just be ridiculous. I mean, if they got Henry Ruggs on that team with already, you know, the speed they already have on the team. Um, but the Raiders are picking right before the Niners, and and they need a, a wide receiver as well. Um, it, it's just funny that the Raiders and Niners have picked pretty close to each other for the past few years, and have similar needs as well. And this is going to be an, another year where that happens, but this time the Raiders are going to pick first. Uh, so the Raiders might have their, their pick of the, the top three receivers before the, the Niners actually get to pick. Um, so who knows? Maybe they pick um, rugs. Is there a receiver that they're, that they're linked to that they've been linked to, or is it just kind of a guessing game like everything else? Uh, it, it seems like guys that ha- are close to the team um, are linking Jerry Judy to the Raiders more um, than CD. But I, I feel like CD, um, because with Derek Carr, he, he had the most chemistry with Michael Crabtree over any receivers he's played with. And I, I think CD loosely has a similar game to Crabtree. Um, and, and Carr just hasn't played with many big receivers that he could trust. And I, I think CD would have a pretty good rapport with Carr if he gets drafted. But obviously you can't go wrong with Judy too. He, he's just a, uh, super crafty route runner, one of the best route runners we've seen come out uh, um, of the draft in a long time. Do you have a top five receiver rankings? Uh, yeah, my, my top five, CD, CD, Judy, Ruggs, Jefferson, and Mims. 
And, and nice. Jefferson and Mims are, I, I think, interchangeable because I think Jefferson is mostly a slot receiver. I, I think he does have some outside value, but I, I just don't think he's going to win outside consistently. But if you really want a guy that, you know, a classic X receiver, then uh, you, you might want to go with Mims over Jefferson. Cool. I have Judy Lamb, which is like a coin flip, honestly, because we're just talking about guys that are probably going to be, you know, Pro Bowl, all pro players. And then after that, I have Mims at three, which is pretty obnoxiously high. But I just looking at what he does well and what translates to the NFL, I just feel like he's going to be very good. Probably not for the 49ers, but a team like the Packers, the Coles, like teams that stretch the field. Like Mims is going to be a star on those type of teams, so that's mm-hmm. what that's where that projection comes. And then four, I, I I don't. This is pretty. This is pretty stubborn and probably ignorant, but I, I couldn't move T Higgins just because I, I I just liked what he brought to the table so much. And then five is KJ Hamler, who obviously we talked about. I think he's going mm-hmm. to outperform a lot of the other guys that are going to go ahead of him. So cool, man. It's uh it's going to be a fun draft, and let's get to. Peter King's mock, which came out Monday morning, and he had the 49ers moving back to pick number 23 is where I believe the Patriots are selecting. And the Patriots traded up for Tua. Um, The 49ers were able to add a 21 first round pick. And in that mock draft, they selected Houston's offensive tackle, uh, Josh Jones, I believe his name is, who... I think he's very good, actually. And I think he'd be a great fit for the 49ers. And I would have no problem if that was the case, even though I'm usually anti-offensive tackle in the first round. But mm-hmm. in that call, in that case, where you add a first round player or add a future first round, it's a smart, it's a smart move. The question is, is that a smart move in the current times, given that we might not have college football and we don't know what's gonna happen in 2021? So instead of adding future picks. Why not take advantage of this this draft? You do you I get you know where I'm going with this. Do you have do you would you do the same thing? Is that something that the 49ers or any team should do considering, you know, the whole global pandemic that we are in right now? Yeah, I I didn't think about that angle where we don't know what's going to happen with the the college season next year. So you don't know what the draft order is going to be. You don't you know. Who knows if you have the, the right film on, on these guys? You know, evaluation can be extremely tough, obviously, if you don't have that uh, that last season. Uh, but but I think with the Niners specifically, you know, the Super Windows, Super Bowl windows are so small, and they're in their window right now. I don't I don't think you want to take a chance on on um, drafting a guy next year when you can load up for another Super Bowl run um, this year. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen the year after you, you have expiring contracts, you have guys that need to get paid. There might be another couple reloading years before you're back into your Super Bowl, Super Bowl window again. So I say, you know, take a swing this year and go for it. Yeah, and, and I, I would agree with that just because, as you mentioned, there is just so much unknown that you're just you're just playing a guessing game. So why not take advantage of everything that you have in front of you right now and this and the Super Bowl window? those close fast and we've seen look at the last few nfc teams just as far as the eagles and the rams and look where they are right now just it's a struggle man so i don't think it's it's wise to just project 2021 obviously you want to build for the future but you also want to be able to take advantage of what is in front of you right now the last thing that we will touch on is michael lombardi of the athletic who i've seen 49ers fans say he's been way off in the past and people are just 
so sensitive to information that, you know, <laughs> in their mind, if it's not exactly, if it's not from Schefter, they think it's fake. And if it's not something that falls in line with what they've been seeing, then they're going to just be turned off by it. So Lombardi said his tweet was from talking to teams around the 49ers, from talking to teams around the league, the 49ers want to clean up some cap issues that they have with D Ford, Quan Alexander, and along with Marquise Goodwin and Jaquiski Tart for trade. Will they get any takers? Not sure, but all four names on are on the available list for the right price. Holy hell, man. That <laughs> that bomb came at came around uh, 11 o'clock. Or, uh, yeah, it was right right at 11 o'clock in the morning, and I, I think anybody expected that. Marquise Goodwin being available for a trade, that's not really news. We, we talked about that for quite a bit, but the 49ers just traded for D4 last season, gave him like an $87 million deal, and the way that they structure their salary cap, it's it's never just what the contract reads on the surface. And they just they just signed Quan Alexander as well. They also just restructured Quan's contract in November. So just hearing that was pretty surprising. And yeah, the, the contract isn't great, and there are some salary cap issues that the 49ers have put themselves in. So it makes sense that they want to get out from underneath this. But, man, we're talking about three quality starters because Tart, a lot of people are not familiar with how good he is as a football player. Mm-hmm. He's not splashy. He's not flashy. He's not going to make, you know, the, the highlight reels. But, man, he he just does so much for that defense that I would like he he's one of my he's one of my favorite players to watch on the defense, man. He's, I just really enjoy watching him as a football player. But uh, let's let's just start here. Who out of those three names, Ford, Alexander and Tart, do you think that they're who, who do you think is most likely to be moved if that were the case? I would say Goodwin is most likely to be moved. I mean, he was the one name on the list that just wasn't very surprising that he was on the on the trade block just because he hasn't played with the Niners for, you know, just because of different issues. And, you know, we don't know exactly what those issues were, but um, it, it seems pretty clear that the Niners are ready to move on from that and draft another um, speed receiver. Um, so that, yeah, Goodwin doesn't surprise me as a guy that's going to be on the move. And just looking at some of the salary cap, so if the 49ers were to move on from Alexander with a pre-June 1 designation, they would have to eat $13.5 million in dead money. So that's not going to happen. If mm-hmm. they were to trade Quan with a post-June 1 designation, they would only have to eat $3.1 million in dead money. And I think they'd save, they'd save that same amount against the cap. So that would be a lot more easy. But still... Well, the question is, what is what is Quan Alexander's value at this point? I would have no idea. Yeah, I mean, we know that the the Niners love Quan Alexander, and he was a playmaker. Uh, he, you know, he really focused on his rehab to get somehow play in the in the Super Bowl. Uh, but at the same time, you know, they they played pretty decent with Greedlaw, who's much cheaper there too. So, um, it like you said, it just it doesn't make sense as far as um, the money, unless they do trade them after uh, June 1st. But, you know, these rumors are coming up right now, which is a little surprising. So um, I could see why they might want to trade them just because Greenlaw played well. Uh, but at the same time, I, I don't see that happening as well. The two names that really surprised me on the list was Quan Alexander and D Ford. I, I can't see them trading D Ford, e- even with his injury, uh, his, his last year being injured so much. Uh, they, they they just traded for him. They gave him that new contract, and 
they're not going to find a rusher even close to D Ford at the at this nowhere point. near. Yeah, so I, I can't see them trading D Ford. Um, so yeah, D Ford and Alexander very surprising that they were on that list. It was man. So the 49ers, if they were to trade forward, they would save 14.3 million against the cap with a post June one designation. So that alone would would make sense why they would want to move forward. But if you move on from Ford, you are just taking a giant step back because now you do not have Ford, you do not have Buckner, and you're just putting so much pressure on Bosa and Armstead to perform that you, when you are essentially you are building and now you are taking a step back. I think if they move on from Ford, they would have somebody in mind. Like they would have to have somebody in mm-hmm. mind that would come in and I don't know if that's in the draft or maybe else use Chase on or. Uh, Notre Dame has a guy. I don't know if you've watched him. Have you watched Julian Alcaro, however you say his name? No, I really haven't seen that many uh, edge rushers this uh, this draft season. I haven't either for obvious reasons. And now <laughs> it looks like I might have to go back. But uh, but they could maybe bring in Clowney, which that's not going to save you much money. Or they can go after Yannick, who's been in a Twitter tirade on Monday. Uh, mm-hmm. But again, like these, you're going to have to give up. For Yannick, you'd have to give up probably a first round pick and then you have to turn around and pay him like 20 million dollars so mm-hmm. you're not you're not doing yourself any favors i mean ford's availability is an issue but just as a player as a pass rusher when he was on the field the 49ers were historically good like there was no team in nfl history that was able to get after the quarterback as much as the 49ers did when he was on the field i think their their pressure rate was like absurd 38 percent something so ridiculous so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure why they would move. I know why they would move on from Ford, but man, you better have a plan and a replacement in hand before that deal is done, because there would be a lot of projections without Ford on the team. Uh, so other than that, Tart, I mean, I understand why they would move on from Tart just because last season of his contract and, you know, he's they can save, I believe it's four million dollars if they move on from him which might not seem like much but that that right there can just free up some more wiggle room in the future and obviously when they try to get the kittle deal done so yeah that was a that was a bombshell that i did not expect um there's not there it's we're going to talk about a lot of news as it continues is there before we get out of here what would be your prediction for who the 49ers select I can see them going Rugs and Kinlaw in the, in the um, first round. I don't, I don't know if you watch a lot of Kinlaw, but you know he has a lot of upside. Pretty raw still, but I mean he's a guy that you could at least put in third down, and I, I think he'll be a pretty dangerous situational rusher at, at least right off the bat. Um, and you know obviously they we're t- we talked about the need for speed for the Niners, so um, I, I think Rugs will be available at 13. I have watched Kinlaw, and I I think that the fans that do not want Kinlaw on the 49ers have never seen him play. That is the only explanation that I can come up with because I do think he's one of the 10 best players in the draft. And you might not be as high on him, but I do think that he reminds me a lot of Chris Jones coming out. I don't know if you remember watching him, but mm-hmm. there were the, the tools were there. It was so obvious that he was going to be good that he just needed to put it together. And sure enough, he was able to put it together. And now he's one of the better interior linemen in the league. And I can just see Kinlaw with that kind of force, just with the aggression that he plays with. And he just wins so much as a pass rusher. 
And he still has so much room for improvement that it's it's hard to imagine he won't be a very good player. So uh, I would I would love Kinlaw, man. I, I, I don't know. I just don't know right now. I honestly don't. I don't think Lamb is going to be there for the 49ers to pick. I can see another team moving up for rugs, which leaves Judy. And you the, the common sense thing, Kyle Shanahan, would, you would think he would love Judy just because he is a like he's a great route runner. He is probably the what who's been the best route runner is he has he is he the best route runner since Amari came out probably I think so I mean just as far as all the routes he runs how smooth he is all the little nuances um just so detailed in his route running that you don't see that much from a receiver that's so young it yeah you just you can just see if you just watch Duke the very first game of the season just the way he sets up defenders with and it's so efficient, too. It's not like he's wasting time. Mm-hmm. So everything is on time. And he's still the quarterback still, you know, taking his three step drop, getting it out. And Judy is just creating separation, probably like two, three yards against these guys. It's he does it every game, though. It's not Duke. It's it's against LSU. It's against the best defenses in the in the college football. So, I mean, I would love Judy would not have a problem with them going with Kinlaw would not have a problem with them going with Lamb. I don't think Ruggs is worth the 13th overall pick, but if they take Ruggs in the first round, the odds that he is going to be put in a situation to succeed is very good. So uh, can, I, it would just be so tough for them to mess this draft up. So I will, we will wait and see for that. But thanks, Ted, man. Is there anything you want to plug before you get out of here? Uh, I mean, I wrote an article about C. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs on The Athletic, if you want to read more about those receivers. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Awesome. Right on. Where can we find you on the Twitters? At FB underscore film analysis. There it is. And I am Kyle Posey. You can find me at KP underscore show. Thanks for tuning in. And we will probably be back Thursday. Take care. All right. Thanks for having me on.